bad things don't only happen in Atlanta. They also happen in Lawrence, Kansas, and they almost happen in Berkeley, California. We'll get to all those places on this edition of Sixth Year Seniors. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I'm tired of losing to Purdue! I'm not here to round this week! That's why I got a college skip! That's why I was an All-American in Michigan! It's I could give a shit about North Carolina right now. Mikey, should I even ask how you're doing? Well, you can guess what my mood is right now, but hey, I ain't the kind of guy to say I told you so, but I told you so, and it is what it is. We could have circled that one on the calendar for 12 months, and, and that's pretty much what we did, which makes the, the prior week... That, that's the one that makes the, the Virginia game so fucking stupid. It's because we knew this was going to be a problem. So then you, you just shit the bed ahead of this, and just the whole the whole freaking thing. Some team is some teaming in the most some team fashion, maybe of all time. I'm just going to stop watching college football. It's as simple as that. Well, let's just say this. At least you got a winner out of it. Well, yeah, I have to hedge myself. That's what it's come back to. We're, we're, it's, it's, we've come full circle again. I, I'm actively betting against Carolina so I can financially hedge myself against my emotions on a Saturday night in October. Is this what, is this what it's really come to? Yes, obviously it is. Well, and not only that, but you also could have hit another double-digit money line winner. Because you also had Northwestern beating Maryland. Absolutely. There we go. Can you imagine the uh, the Moneyline parlay on Northwestern and Georgia Tech? Somebody must have played that this weekend. Because it was, it, was totally, it was totally in play. But I, that's that would be a deal. I'm just kind of doing math in my head. But I'll bet you that is probably about uh, 40 to 1. Something like that, yeah. Maybe even closer to 50 to 1. Thinking if each of them are both seven to one shots. Yep. Something like Dear that. Dear God, ridiculous. Stupid. Ridiculous. Absolutely. Uh, maybe stupid. by the time we get to those, I, I will have put the uh, the data together here. College football is awful. It's absolutely stupid. <laughs> We're all morons for watching it for fifteen weeks out of the year. It's stupid. It's a load of crap. Why do we waste our time? Uh, because we love the game. God. Because. I'll, I'll tell you why. We watched because two years ago, Kansas led Oklahoma at halftime, and the radio announcer in Lawrence, in Lawrence, Kansas, is telling everybody, come down to the stadium, let's fill the place up for the second half, and maybe we can win the game. Oh, yes. And they didn't win the game. But let me tell you something. They didn't have to tell the folks to come back to the stadium on Saturday. That crowd showed up. They were ready to roll. And Kansas pulls the upset Oklahoma 38-33. And then they dumped the goalpost in the nearest algae-infested pond they could find. Did you see that video? I did. I did. What the hell was that? I don't even know what the hell that was. It, was, it looked horrible. It was awful. Well, that's called a swamp. 
And from what I've heard, <laughs> there's a lot of them out there. <laughs> but let's get to the game in question. They did it with a, quote, backup quarterback in Jason Bean. He acted like a backup quarterback at one point in this game. I was throwing shit at the TV over it. Yeah, it's, it's a, he pretty much dug his own hole and then climbed right back out of it. Well, Very and they impressive. also got bailed out by that by the by the targeting. I, I mean, targeting call when he slid at the goal line, and it was clearly short by any stretch. Short when all he had to do was dive forward, but because he slid, the the defender coming up thought he was going to dive, and he wound up, I guess. Maybe touching him in the helmet or something. I don't know. It was a horse shit call, but it was clearly one that came down from the Big Twelve offense. The same, or the same kind of flat, uh, call that didn't come down from the Big Twelve office last week in Houston, Texas. Which I'm trying to figure that one out. I don't know what's going on, but they got bailed out with the call. They took the lead, I believe, on the next play, and then they held on for dear life. Yeah, and and that's just it. I mean, they barely hung on. Dylan Gabriel's last heave goes out the back of the end zone. Kansas kid technically caught the ball, but he caught it out of bounds. You got to knock that shit down. I thought he was going to because it, it got tipped, and I thought he was going to knock it back like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. You knock it backwards and get it out of bounds. So so even if somebody does catch it, it doesn't count, but it ultimately didn't matter anyway. But that's a hell of a win for Kansas. And now we've got the uh, – we, we I think we've got a five-way tie at the top of the Big 12 right now. So for all the talk I had a couple of weeks ago about, you know, we're not going to have the Big 12 matrix of doom – my God, we're going to wind up with the Big 12 Matrix to do one more time. I love it. We've got no, a five-way tie. I, I don't think so. I, I but think hey, it's check, gonna check. work its way out. It'll probably work its way out. But it, I don't think it'll work its way out soon enough where it, it will render the Big 12 Matrix of Doom irrelevant. We do have the interesting case where Kansas has beaten Oklahoma, Oklahoma has beaten Texas, and Texas has beaten Kansas. So that's always fun. That's always fun. Yeah, I mean, Kansas State might be able to worm their way in. Uh, they've got a big game this week against Texas, and Oklahoma State faces Oklahoma this week. I can't imagine Iowa State sticking around. I, I really can't. I can't uh, either. So I, I really believe that maybe as soon as this coming week, it'll come back to Oklahoma and Texas again. Or, worst case, it'll be Oklahoma and Kansas State. Now now, now watch. Ollie, Ollie Gordon will run for 280 yards again and all of a sudden, we're going to have Oklahoma State and Kansas State. And, oh, heck, let's do it. Iowa State all sitting at top of the Big 12 with one loss. If Oklahoma, look, look, I'm just going to say this. If Oklahoma State, they're at home for what could be the last bedlam game of all time. So there will not be a drunker crowd in college football than the one this Saturday afternoon in Stillwater. Let's go ahead and get that out of the way right now. There will not be a hotter crowd in college football this season than the one that's in Stillwater this weekend. If Oklahoma State can win that game, all they have left is UCF, Houston, and BYU. Two of those are on the road for sure, but that's a manageable slate if Oklahoma State can navigate that. Keep your eyes open. Weird things could happen. Tell me this. How many former Iowa State football players are betting either on Iowa State or against Iowa State this week? <laughs> oh, man. They're probably betting against Iowa State. You look look at their closeout stretch. Kansas, 
They're at BYU. And if it was BYU at home, I wouldn't say anything. But at BYU in that's November, that's not easy. Home for Texas and then at Kansas State. Yeah, the Iowa State situation will, will solve itself. But Oklahoma State has a chance to be a, be a problem here. Kansas State's at Texas this weekend. I don't see that ending well for the Wildcats. But if, if, they, if they happen to be able to pull the upset in Austin this weekend, then all bets are off across the board all over the place. This could be an interesting weekend in the Big 12. Keep your eyes open. I, I think we can say that about a few conferences. This is absolutely the best weekend of college football so far this year. It's loaded up, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. It's jam packed. Every conference has big games across the board. But let, let's get back to the Big Twelve. We're talking about the Big Twelve title and what a mess that is. But has that pretty much eliminated with Oklahoma's loss to Kansas? Has this pretty much eliminated the Big Twelve champ from being in the playoffs? They're going to need some help from the Pac-12, I think. That's, I, I think the Pac-12 is going to have to can't really cannibalize itself. Washington's been playing with fire here the last couple of weeks after beating Oregon, but the Pac-12 is too too strong this year for a for a one loss champion to be left out. I think, barring some really strange stuff happening, the Big 12 has backed themselves into a corner at this point. I I, I kind of feel they're going to need some help. Uh, Florida State's going to have to do a job somewhere along the line, maybe. That might be the best bet, and I'm not even sure that's enough. Although, if if well, Alabama, Washington, Washington's unbeaten right now. Yeah, exactly. So they'd I, have to if, lose. They'd have to lose two. Do you think I'm, they have to lose two? I think they have to lose two because the Pac-12 itself is too strong. They're not gonna. They're not gonna leave a one one loss Pac-12 team out over Oklahoma. If Texas wins the Big Twelve, then you go. Oh well, Texas, you know. Return the favor. They beat Oklahoma in the title game. They've beaten Alabama on the road. Then it starts what, to get but dicey. But what if Alabama doesn't even win their own division? Which is also entirely possible going into also this in play game. this weekend. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. It's I, if Alabama doesn't win their own division, Texas beating Alabama doesn't mean as much. Doesn't mean as much. No, absolutely not. And going back to the Pac-12. At least Washington has a breather this week. They only play USC. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. There's there's still a lot of football to be played. Lots of variables to come to fruition. Lots of cards to turn over. Let's see what happens. Let's let it play out. But right now, yeah, the Big 12 is a... It's not behind the eight ball right now, but it's going to need a little bit of help. Yeah, see, I, I think already it's down to... We're down to five teams fighting for four spots. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, Washington. I, unless one of them slips up, and obviously one of them will because eventually Michigan and Ohio State will play each other, I could see the other four sweeping the rest of their season, and we've got four unbeaten teams going into the playoffs, plus, hell, three more that don't get in because they're supposedly not that good. I'd, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see seven unbeaten teams at the end of the year. And even when all the bowls and all the championships are played, we've still got four unbeaten teams. Air Force, Madison, and... Uh, Liberty, Liberty, and, and Liberty, Liberty. And Liberty can all make T-shirts and rings and banners claiming themselves national champions. 
I've tried to figure out if they would, if they'd figure out a way to stick Air Force and Liberty in the same bowl, and thus ensure one of them remaining unbeaten, or 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 screw or, or screw it screw it all up where where where, where they do the uh, the the Kentucky versus uh, Wichita State shenanigans in the 2014 NCAA tournament right, to pull that right. shit. Yeah, they'll put Air Force against the loser of Michigan Ohio State, and they'll throw. Uh, Liberty against like Alabama, Alabama. or Mississippi. Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> well, y'all want to see them go against elite competition. We're yeah, not so trying to screw them. <laughs> they're not wrong on that. They're not wrong. You want to claim it? You want to claim an undefeated national championship? We're going to give you the hardest opponent we can find right now. Let's do it. Hey, let's let's do. It. Uh, sign me up for that. That'd be entertaining as hell. It, it would be because if Liberty and Air Force do win, oh god, uh, it, it just makes more reason to have a twelve-team uh, playoff. But of course, you know, even then, they'll probably find a way to nix Air Force, Liberty, Madison, and the like out of that twelve-team tournament. Oh, we'll talk. We'll we'll talk. We'll talk about removing the little guys from the tournament oh, later man. in the show. Okay, yeah. we'll get there soon enough because there's plenty of news on that front this week. No, but let's stay on football for right now. Let's go down to Jacksonville, Georgia, kick the shit out of Florida. You were right, I was wrong. Game went over, uh, but Georgia announced their presence with authority in the cocktail party. Anything of note out of here uh, is is Florida's trash, I think. But Georgia took care of business again. No playing with their food. Georgia proved that they're more than Brock Bowers. Carson Beck throws for more than 300 yards without Bowers around. He found other receivers. Lad McConkey came through, six for 135 and a touchdown. Florida got a 7-0 lead on the first possession of the game. And I the think busted play, yeah, across yeah, the middle, I, yeah. I, I, I think a few people were concerned that, uh-oh, Georgia's going to start slow. No, Georgia scores the next 26 points, game over. Bulldogs nearly covered the total by themselves. Uh, you were right on that one. You you called it. You called that shit last week. I'm pissed off about it. I thought it would be uh, more of a slugfest, and it, and it was not. Georgia's got Missouri this week. I'm looking um, forward to that. I think I, I think Missouri can give them a run. I think they can give them a run, but it's in Athens. I just don't think Missouri's got quite the guns to uh, to stay with them for four quarters. But I will love to watch them try. I think I saw Georgia's a two-touchdown favorite, a uh, 16.5-point favorite as we speak right now. Brady Cook's got backdoor cover possibility. I, if, if this stays like it is, over two touchdowns, I'll take Missouri. That's hmm. a lot of points. It's a lot of points, but, man, it's, it's still it's, it's Georgia. We'll see. We will yeah, see. but, you know, they only beat Florida by 23, I mean, and Florida's trash. I mean, have we not learned that yet? Not wrong. Not wrong. Ohio State, talking about trash, Ohio State beat Wisconsin 24-10. Wisconsin does cover by the hook. You caught that one well. I'll take it. Marvin Harrison. I got burned elsewhere. Marvin Harrison, six catches, 123 yards, pair of touchdowns. Once again, saving Ohio State from themselves. Wisconsin's trash. God damn it. It was... At one point in the fourth quarter, they got pinned back on, like, the four-yard line. And I was dead serious when I said they should have punted on first down 
and tried to get a turnover or or at least flip the field position some way on special teams because it would have taken them the rest of the weekend to drive 96 <laughs> yards against that Ohio State defense. They were wasting time by running three plays trying to get out of the shadow of their own goalpost. That was stupid. Wisconsin's trash. And I'm still not sold on Ohio State because they've got one guy that can that is a hell of a weapon. A hell of a weapon, but there's not enough guys around them to really make a difference, and we're all just counting the days till they play Michigan. That's going to be a hell of a deal. That's going to be a goddamn uh, pay-per-view WrestleMania bullshit for that. We've got the we've got Ohio State on a two-game losing streak against Michigan. We got the cheating scandal. We got Har- is is Harbaugh going to leave for the NFL this year? Is this the time when he finally leaves? Is this the time Michigan is, is, is okay, they finally win the national championship? The storylines are going to be hilarious. The hype's going to be off the chain. I can't wait. Yeah, me either. You know Michigan's going to come in as the favorite and as the heel. And, and frankly, I think most fans will be rooting for Michigan as the heel because the NCAA, truthfully, is the heel in this issue. I think so, too. Michigan's also at home, so, so you're going to have the heel. It, it, it's going to be like when it's going to be like when Crockett used to run Philadelphia, when everybody cheered for the heels. It's awesome. It's going to be a great, great environment. Can't wait. We're still yeah, a month it's, away. It's Brett Hart in Canada. Bret Hart in Canada, absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's even a better better analogy there. It's going to be fantastic. It's for the Big Ten title because look at the freaking West. The West is a joke. We've been saying it all year long, and they're proving it once again. At some point point on Saturday, there was the – uh, a seven-way four and five tie was still in play. Now I don't know if that's still there oh, or not. Um, I'll have to dig into that ahead of Wednesday's show. I had not figured on that yet. It's it was still in play. Right There's a it was four-way tie for first place with Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, and Nebraska. I caught Nebraska by beating Purdue just wormed their way into the Big West title uh, or division contention. This is ridiculous. The longer the season goes, the the the, the higher the the higher the spread on the Big Ten title game is going to go. It's going to be great. So the big games this week in the Big Ten are Wisconsin to Indiana, Nebraska at Michigan State. By God, Nebraska at Michigan State is a game. Illinois at Minnesota, and then Iowa at Northwestern. The Iowa-Northwestern total opened at 31.5. I've already seen a book that has it down to 30.5. That may drop below 30 by Saturday. I believe I saw that seven of the top ten lowest-scoring Power 5 offenses this year in the Big Ten, and I I thought that number was too low. It doesn't surprise me. I thought that number was too low, but... Oh man, that is awful. Okay, so and and probably the two two of the others are Kent and Akron. I would take a guess. I'd so have to go back and could, could all ten be in the Midwest? Probably. <laughs> they surely aren't in the Pac-12. No. The best game that nobody saw Saturday was yeah, USC. Thanks, thanks Larry in Scott. Thanks, Larry Scott. Jesus Christ. I didn't even think about that when I was telling you about the game, and you're like, I didn't see a play of it because Pac-12 Network. Yeah, I couldn't find. I saw. I saw what was going on in the first half, and then I, I heard about the shenanigans of halftime. I was like, Wait, I gotta find this game. 
flipped it up. I was like, shit, it's on Pac-12 Network. Scan my uh, scan my local uh, channels here one more time. Nope, don't get it. So I forgot about it. So here's what went on aside from the actual game. First, because we're in Berkeley, a bunch of students <laughs> ran onto the field before the game and did a sit-in protest at midfield to protest the suspension of a Berkeley professor who's accused of stalking and harassing another professor. The game started about eight minutes late because of that. If you want to really dig into what this protest is about, this professor's a nutcase. And oh I'm, I, I'm shocked, yet not shocked, because it's Berkeley, that these kids are on her side. My God, she is a lunatic. And she's admitting she's a lunatic, yet Berkeleyism, she's claiming that because she's a minority female, she shouldn't be treated poorly. And apparently she can get away with all this just because she's a minority. That's really her argument. Because she admits to doing all this bizarre stalking shit that she's accused of. Good grief. You gotta love Berkeley. I love Berkeley. But sometimes, yeah, they're, 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 they go a little too far. Way to go. Way to go, ACC. That's what you're bringing into the conference next year. <laughs> Good work. I saw, I saw somebody post on social media, Florida State just isn't going to be ready for us California sit-in when they go to Berkeley. <laughs> they're not going to let Chief Osceola come out with the flaming spear. Oh, <laughs> dude. Be a protest. Oh, that would be so hilarious that I could see Cal doing that. I really could. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, actually, they do that in Tallahassee. In Tallahassee, they, they travel yeah. Travel out there and do a sit-in at midfield to prevent the beer thing happening. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so anyway, at halftime, the officials decided that the last play of the first half actually ended with one second left, rather than they no decided. They, by the way, they decided this during halftime. Yes, during halftime. <laughs> yeah, during halftime. <laughs> so to start the second half. The, 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 the last play ended on the Cal 16. USC decides to kick a field goal. So they're lining up at the start of the second half to play the last play of the first half. To kick a field goal, Cal calls its final first half timeout to start the second half to Jeez. ice the kicker. And the kicker totally <laughs> slices the kick. <laughs> So now you have a situation where the kicker just missed a field goal, yet is now kicking off. Oh my god! I, it was it was ridiculous, and, and and then to get the ridiculous back on the playing field, USC took a ten nothing lead. Cal decided to go full no huddle up tempo offense to prevent USC from substituting, and essentially said our eleven is better than your eleven, and they were right. And then when USC substituted on offense, Cal trotted out the defenders so slowly and just milked the clock. So the USC had to hustle to get their playoff in time. It was hilarious, just chess playing. Berkeley, shockingly, outsmarting USC. I'm still pissed that I couldn't watch this game because <laughs> it sounded insane. It was, um, I, oh, let's put it this way. I, I didn't watch any of the Ohio State-Wisconsin game because I was hooked on USC Cal. 
And by the way, uh, for those of you who may be AP voters who I'm sure didn't see this game, USC did survive 50 to 49 because Cal did score a touchdown in the final minute and went for two, failed. But Mikey, I assume you uh, are encouraged that they went for two rather than kicking the extra point. Okay, here's the all right. I, I, you know me. I am uh, I am usually pro two point conversion. You go for it when you have you're the underdog. You have the shot. I ha- there's a caveat here. You if gotta be kidding got- me. Are you are you are you gonna go totally off kilter here and say they should have kicked the extra point? Here's my th- here's the theory behind it. Okay, God for- had they made the two point conversion and taken the lead, fifty one to fifty. With 58 seconds left. Do you have any confidence that the defense would have been able to stop the USC offense from going down the field and scoring in 58 seconds? No. Exactly. But the, but here's the thing. I think So what do you do? Try an onside kick with no, a one point? Well, well now you're now you're talking here. Now you're talking. I think the game theory is if it's tied, USC is less urgently trying to get down the field. I don't know that it makes a difference, but if you're leading, there's USC has to score. There is there there is urgency no matter what the situation is. If it's 50 to 50, let's say USC runs a couple of plays and hey, you know, something goes wrong, drop pass, whatnot, they'd be more likely to maybe kneel it out and let's go to overtime. That's my thought behind it. I don't think ultimately I don't think there's a wrong decision here. Although I do although I do like the idea of going for two, getting it, and then kicking the outside kick, because no matter what, USC's going down anyway, so let's try to keep the ball out of their hands anyway. I do like that idea. I think this was the game where the teams combined for five failed two point conversions. I believe I believe I saw that. I think I saw that, yeah. It was either this game or it was the Oklahoma Kansas. No, it was the Kansas game, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it, it, absolutely insane. And then, and then to top it all off, there's probably daily fantasy players who are really pissed that Caleb Williams backed up 30 yards on the final three plays, thus costing him about three points of rushing yardage. Because <laughs> they were trying to run out the final seconds of the clock, and he uh-huh. needed to stay alive for about five seconds per play. And he just kept sure backing up. The, yeah. on, on third down, he lost 12 yards before he went down. Excellent. I love that stuff. I wish that kind of stuff didn't count in stats, but I know it kind of has to. Oh, so. it has to, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it has to go somewhere. The quarterback yep. lost yardage on It's an accounting line. transaction. We can account for it. We, we understand what it was. We're not going to hold it against you, but it is on the books as such. I always find it odd that in the NFL they count that against the quarterback's passing yardage. Well, as we saw no in sense. today's Giants Jets game. No wait, what well, what happened there? All the I know Giants, is the Giants threw for negative nine yards. You're kidding me. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Your boy, your boy Tommy DeVito coming in in relief. Negative nine yards. That's, oh, yeah, that's great. Man. I was going to ask you about that. Okay, let, let's switch gears real quick. Tommy DeVito. Did you know that Tommy DeVito had a job in the NFL? I didn't. I had no idea, but the fact that he's playing for New York is hilarious. Yes, I mean, that's like the only place that Tommy DeVito should be playing is in New Jersey. <laughs> he should really, for a straight shoot, he should really be playing for the Jets and not the Giants, but it is what it is. A, a real New Yorker. 
See, I, yeah, I it's, like just, it's just there's something about the Jets. They're they're just a little more New York than the Giants are. That's oh no, crazy. see, I, I like the fact that he's in New Jersey. That, that, that's yeah, that's I mean, they're both yeah, they're both they're both in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah but I mean, <laughs> the the New York Giants really reflect New Jersey more than the New York Jets do. You think so? Yeah, yeah, because okay. the, the the Jets actually used to play in New York. You know, cliche, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Giants, the Giants were always Meadowlands. That's that's fair. That's a fair point. I can see it. Yeah, I, and I'm, I'm blanking. Who, who's who's the mobster who's supposed to be buried in Meadowlands? Jimmy Hoffa. In the end That's zone? right, Jimmy Hoffa. There you go, Jimmy Hoffa. Thank you. Yeah, Tommy DeVito probably has something to do with that. <laughs> I come on, how else does he have a job with the New York Giants? Seriously. Tommy DeVito, he doesn't have anything to do with it, but he knows people <laughs> who have something to do with it. <laughs> I, this, is beyond, this is beyond photos of the Giants owner with Baby Doll. This is this is information about the Giants owner and Jimmy Hoffa. I guarantee yes. it. Yes, I, I, I'm all in on this conspiracy theory. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. All right, before we get to the break, let's get the bad stuff over with. Let's talk about the ACC. Oh, Georgia Tech does defeat North Carolina, forty-six, forty-two. Bad things happen in Atlanta. Georgia Tech, here's Georgia Tech scoring by quarter. Zero. 24. Zero. 22. And they ran for like 200 yards in the fourth quarter alone. They did the same thing to Louisville. It doesn't make any sense. Except this is some team and they decided to stop playing fucking defense. Some team's defense got nearly got Tez Walker killed in the fourth quarter. Carolina driving, tried to retake the lead, caught the big pass over the middle, then took a mammoth hit. I'm guessing it's a concussion. He was in the hospital overnight. He's out. He's, he says he's okay. I have no official word. Uh, but if the Carolina defense was halfway competent... He's never put in that situation, and he's perfectly healthy. No, they can't even keep their offense healthy. It's an absolute embarrassment by North Carolina. Do you know how many times they have uh, lost outright as a double-digit favorite in the last three years? Oh, no. Um, I'm going to say four? Six. No. Six. I say three years. Probably since 20, probably it's four now, since, since the 2020 season. I'm sorry. Man, they're six and six as a double digit favorite. I don't know if that's in conference or overall. It's got to be in conference. Whereas the rest of the league, the rest of the league total, I believe, has six losses and like an 85% uh, uh, 85% winning percentage. And Carolina's 500 as a double digit favorite. Good God. That that is an indictment on coaching. That is an indictment on the program. And I'm embarrassed to be a fan. Of Carolina football. Well, yeah, you oh, gotta say it's, it, you gotta say it's program because there's different coaches. Therefore, I mean that's culture. That's it's culture. Cult, it's absolutely culture. They've been doing this for for as long as I've been watching the damn team, and I'm 42 years old. Because you're a I'm man. 41 years old. Maybe 42. You're next 40. Year. I don't know. I don't know. I'm freaking old though, and, and they've been doing this for as long as I can remember. So it tells you right there. And by the way, I was, telling, I was telling people online, if you want to be taken serious as a college football team, first of all, you have to win the conference games you're supposed to win. If you lose as, as if you lose as a dog or even a close favorite, fine, whatever. Things happen. But you can't be out here losing as double-digit favorites against these ham and egg or jabroni conference games. You cannot do it. 
Win the conference games you're supposed to win. That's how you ultimately win the conference because you will build the credibility and then more of those games will become games you're supposed to win that you do win and then you build on it from that. Number two, you start to win the out-of-conference games you're supposed to win. You don't do that, you'll never get taken seriously as a program. Carolina is stuck. Before, they're not even at number one yet. They're like at step point five. And until they get out of their own damn way, this program's never going anywhere. Mac Brown or anybody else is coaching it. So we might as well just flip it over. Because you know what a rebuild's going to entail? You're going to lose to also-ran ACC teams like Virginia and Georgia Tech. And if we're already doing that anyway, what's the fucking point? Next topic. Well, I guess the next topic will be who still has a chance to win the ACC title. And surprisingly, that now includes Virginia Tech, which beats Syracuse 38-10. to Basial Tootin runs for 118 yards and a touchdown. Fa Tech is 3-1 in the ACC. If they can somehow get past Louisville this coming week, the rest of their schedule is manageable. At Boston College, NC State, at Virginia. Who would have thought Fa Tech this late in the year would have a shot at the ACC title? Not me, but, I mean, God, it's, it's an indictment on the ACC. Carolina's incompetent. Duke's falling apart. Uh, Clemson's, uh, the, their program is maybe in worse shape than Carolina's right now. Miami's a joke. I mean, why not? Why not Virginia Tech? My God. Yeah, why not? And while we go to why not, why not Miami of Florida? Even though they needed overtime to defeat Virginia, and they have two losses, they actually have their title shot in their hands because they play both Florida State and Louisville still to come. If they can win out, they can get second place in the ACC. Now, I'm not counting on that happening, but I'm just saying there's a chance. There's a chance, absolutely. And that was despite guaranteed first-round draft pick Tyler Van Dyke going 20 for 30 for 163 yards and a couple of interceptions. Boy, what bad NFL team really wants Tyler Van Dyke to run their team in the future? (laughs) Well, maybe the New York Giants. Maybe maybe the New York Giants. NC State beat Clemson 24-17. Best story out of here was after the game, NC State coach Dave Doran calls out ESPN analyst Steve Smith (laughs) and says... This isn't a basketball school. He can kiss my ass. Unfortunately, he's saying that on air on the CW network. <laughs> so the ESPN brings in Steve Smith as their special game day picker, and he calls out NC State uh, as, as being a basketball school and says Clemson's going to win. And I guess because Dave Doran looks for every little inkling, because I guess it does have, here's the deal. I, no, no, I swear here, here's the deal. Is... Let me just say, here's the deal. He picked a network to call out Steve Smith that might have a lower viewing audience, the Pac-12 network. <laughs> Come on. No, CW's nationally televised, for God's sake. <laughs> it may, it may be, it may the, be the sixth... It may be the sixth most important network on the dial behind CBS, ABC, NBC. Oh, hang on. No, no. I'm sorry. Six was way too high. CBS, ABC, NBC, Fox, PBS, Telemundo, the other <laughs> Spanish station. They're at least seventh. May, CW's maybe seventh, all right? Maybe. 
but we've we've officially reached the point now, and I don't know if it's because we've got Dion out here or what, but there are coaches every single week that get a microphone put in front of their face and they're looking to cut wrestling promos on dudes. Yes. Every single week. And here's the thing, I'm waiting for the fallout this week where Steve Smith and let keep in mind, Steve Smith is a first ballot, Hall of Fame, Mount Rushmore, shit talking dude. Steve Smith will reroute his flight back to Charlotte, go fly into RDU, and meet Dave Dorn at his office door Monday morning and whip that man's ass. <laughs> and you tell me it won't happen. He is the guy. If he hears about this, he will fight Dave Dorn and whip that man's ass. I promise you this. Do not fuck with Steve Smith. He is not the one to be trifled with. Well, okay, and that's just it. If he hears about this, he will hear about it on social media because he probably didn't see the game on the CW. <laughs> he, he, he certainly did not. <laughs> he would have been too busy watching uh, watching his uh, Utah Utes get, get their ass whipped, but that's a whole other story. Meanwhile, on the other side of that coin, Clemson is now 4-4. Four and four. They play Notre Dame this week. They're going to have a hard time getting to a bowl game. The final game of the season, Clemson at South Carolina – might be bowl on a pole. Wow, what has it come to for Dabo and the Clemson Tigers? My God, they, they're going to have a long look in the mirror to see what's going on there. Maybe Brent Venables leaves the program, goes to Oklahoma, and shit goes downhill for Clemson. Maybe there's something else going on there. For the longest time, for the longest time, it was felt that when Nick Saban finally retired, it was going to be Dabo Swinney that came home to Alabama to, to take the reins. And I don't think that's the case anymore. That's a whole. That's a conversation for a whole different day. But bad times in Clemson. I saw a piece on social media that said Dabo Sweeney said he'd quit coaching when players are getting paid. They didn't realize that he was going to do that while still getting paid to coach. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> that's really good. So if you wanted to quit coaching, maybe take a vacation. Who might you call? Look, if, if you're getting paid to coach and not coaching and just taking vacations middle of the season, hit up our girl Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. She will take care of your next awesome getaway. Her phone was blowing up all weekend with all kinds of stuff going on. I don't know what all it was, but it was blowing up. That's what I'm told. Disneyland, Disney World, Universal California, Universal Florida, all inclusives along the Caribbean, all major cruise lines. There's Disney's got a couple of new ships coming out. You need to check those out. Get away from it all. Take your people. Hit up Wendy. She will take care of your next awesome getaway. Custom-made itineraries for you and your traveling crew, where you're going, where you need to be, what you need to do. She's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, WP Magic Journeys. Tell her you heard her uh, heard about her on Sixth Year Seniors. She will give you $25 off your next trip deposit. Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel. She makes the plans. You make the memories. Hey, maybe that's a, that's a gimmick we should use. Our listeners can hear from her. Maybe she can make picks. She might do better than we do. Yeah, you're not wrong on that. I will. I will put in a. We'll put in a call for that this week. That's not a bad idea. I I like that gimmick. We're, we're doing marketing live here on the air. This is fantastic. Wendy will probably bet on every Florida team because that's ports where her ships go out of. 
she might. She she might do that. We'll we'll have to see. We'll, we're going to flesh this out. We're going to flesh this out heading next week. Before we get back to games on the field, let's talk about some news coming in the future. It looks like Army is going to be joining the American Conference in 2024, ending a long run as an independent. Good thing. Just in football, thing, right? Just in football, because in basketball, they're in the in the Patriot Conference. Yes. Which is a great little conference. And there's a great book uh, called uh, The Last Amateurs that everybody should read. That is an entire season look at the Patriot Conference. John Feinstein, fantastic read. Chris Spittler. I still remember the story about Chris Spittler in the book, Holy Cross. Fantastic, fantastic read. So anyway, good idea, bad idea for Army to join a conference. I think it is what it is. It helps them with scheduling, if anything else. You know, it, it just gives that gives that bit of stability. It does add, not likely, but possibility, that they could play Army-Navy for, for the American title and then play the Army-Navy game the oh, very next week. Man. That would be wild. It could happen. Yes, it it's could not going to happen, but right. it could happen. But you know, that that that's a point, though. They'd have to play the Army-Navy game prior to the conference championship, which changes the schedule, because right now they play that game a week after the conference championships. But I think, I if I read this right, I think the Army-Navy game itself will remain a non-conference game. Oh, so That's like every year they separately. make sure they don't play it in conference? Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think that's going to be part of the setup. I'm, don't hold me to that, but I saw a couple of people referencing that, that it will be a separate, standalone sort of deal. Interesting. Well, at least they won't have to schedule games like against UMass, where they lost last week when K. Ron Lynch-Adams run for 234 yards and three touchdowns. They won't have Oof. to play UMass anymore. Oh, man. Who is Brutal. still, by the way, the worst team in college football, according to the Sagarin ratings. Though Dang. just barely. And in another scheduling freak, the NIT has decided to no longer guarantee bids to conference champions that don't win their conference tournament. However, they will guarantee bursts to the top two teams that did not make the NCAA tournament. From the six major conferences, the ACC, the Big East, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Pac-12, so I don't know what they're going to do next year, and the SEC. <laughs> so once again, let's screw the small schools in favor of the big schools. Do they even know that the top two teams from those other power six leagues even want to go to the NIT? Well, that's just it. And it's because they said, regardless of record, so they already are assuming they may have a sub-500 team in there. I know. There's so often that you'll have to, they'll just decline the bid. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like the Big so, 12, the Big 12 this year with 14 teams, right? Is that what they've got in there now? Yeah. yeah. There's probably going to be, because that conference is going to be phenomenal. It's a basketball conference right now. When you include Cincinnati and Houston and Central Florida uh, and BYU, by God, there could be, be nine teams that go into the NCAA tournament from the Big 12, which is another story because then how do you split them up among the, the four regions? But nonetheless, then the NIT is getting the 10th and 11th best team. That isn't that good. And you're screwing a couple of teams out of the small conferences that are probably better than those two teams. A couple of things here. One, and, and this is the, this is the, 
reactive piece of this. NIT had three little guys in the final four last year. And it was all little guy final, I think. And everybody's pissed off about that. That's one. Number two, I don't know if we talked about this or not, but there was one. Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How many little guys did the NCAA tournament have in their final four, huh? Well, you got that too. You got that too. Very good point. Which I'm getting, and let me get back to that in a second. I'm getting there. I heard you say Fox, so now now I know it's television related. Great. Yeah, exactly. Didn't Fox throw out something that they were trying to put together a a postseason tournament in Vegas for teams that didn't make the NCAA tournament? Well, there was one last year. That was the the basketball tournament. I think Fox was working on a a special... uh, Because the idea was they were trying to replace the NIT. And my thought on this is, is this ESPN... Trying to come in and say, "Oh, well, we're going to do this to make sure we've got some brands to to boost up the ratings or whatnot." I think I don't know. Basketball fans are smarter than that, though. If it were football, I'd say, "Yeah, they could do that." I think basketball fans enjoy the small guys. That's what the NCAA tournament's all about. It's Cinderella. They don't care about Kansas and UCLA and all the blue bloods. They like finding those little tiny schools up in the Northeast that can knock off those blue bloods. But I, here's the thing. The, the, the diehards are going to watch anyway, all right? We're going to watch the NIT anyway. It doesn't matter who's playing, okay? The casuals, you're not going to get the casuals into the NIT by bringing in St. John's or, or Florida or whoever. They're not, the casuals aren't going to watch the NIT if the, ca- if the casual basketball fans going to watch basketball in March, they're going to watch the NCAA tournament, or they're going to watch the NBA. They're not going to watch the NIT. So what, what are we I, doing? How, how do you market that? 14 and 17, Central Florida going for the NIT title. Like, you're, what? You're, you're, you're literally throwing the record book out the window. All you're talking about is the brand. That's all they're doing. Which brings me to my next point, and this is the important one. Is this a trial run for doing the same shit with the NCAA tournament? Oh, they better not. They better not. The first time that every conference doesn't get a team is the year I turn that shit off. I swear. Because I'm terrified that this is trying to set up, okay, once the non-conference season is over, we split up the bids, and it's okay, you get this bit, you know, this league gets this many bids. This league gets this many bids. The Big 12 gets nine. The Big 10 gets eight. The SEC gets seven. The ACC gets five and so on and so on and so on. Wait a minute. So you're saying they do that before the conference tournaments even happen? Yeah. Oh, no, That's no, exactly no, 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 no. That takes all the fun out of the conference tournaments. Of course it does. It's stupid. No, I, but is, the other but thing is I worry the, about... Is this the idea for the, the networks to hedge their bets to make sure that they've got brands in the tournament? Well, th- Which is stupid. Because we thing... just talked about, we just freaking talked about it, that we're not watching the NCAA tournament for the brands. It's great when they're there. It's fantastic. Let me tell you something. I was there in New Orleans, 2022 Final Four. We had Carolina, Duke, Kansas, and Villanova. And it was fucking amazing, all right? For the biggest blue buzz you could have in the game. It was fantastic. You know what else was fun? Watching the little guys kick some ass last year, too. 
It's it's yeah, good. We watch fun. it for the it, it's anybody David versus Goliath, the whole damn smash. Yeah, the fun of the first two rounds is watching Cinderella win unexpectedly. Yeah. Maryland, Baltimore County beating Virginia. Frankly, you, you know what the 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 worst round of the NCAA tournament is? It's the third round when most of the Cinderellas are out and all that's left are the big guys. But you still have one more round before you can get really into who can win the title. That, that third and fourth round, the round of sixteen and the round of eight, are kind of the lull before the final storm after the first storm. The Sweet Sixteen it has historically been the big barrier is that you can get the Cinderella's into the second weekend, but then you have the the three or four day layoff and then you kind of got to reset. And then that challenge comes up and usually now you've got, now you've got more tape on them, yeah, all this the stuff. And that neck that winning that third game for the Cinderella's has historically been a pain in the ass. I mean, that's why it was such a big deal when St. Peter's knocked off Purdue a couple of years back. That was the first time a 15 had gotten that far. Because it's hard. And that's what it is. I'm not going to say that the Sweet 16... I per- Personally, I think that second weekend of the NCAA tournament is the best basketball weekend of the year. You generally have two, four days of high-quality basketball with high stakes. But when uh, you get no, a Cinderella in there, the, the, when you the, get a Cinderella in there, it is... It, it, the, the difficulty raises up, and so often they are just overmatched. It just no, doesn't happen. I, I love the first six days from Tuesday through Sunday. You know, the that's the best spectacle in basketball. And that's frankly, the best spectacle. Frankly, the best basketball is the second weekend. Yeah, no. I, and, and I'll give you one that's even better. Thanksgiving weekend. All the crazy tournaments. I, that, that's, you know, and where you don't know the team. Oh, Feast yet. Week. Yeah. Yeah. Thanksgiving weekend is fantastic for college basketball. I'd say the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament, then Thanksgiving, then maybe the Sweet 16. Oh, wow. Got hot takes here, everybody. My God. And actually, I'd probably Ultimately, put the Final Four before the Sweet 16. Sometimes the Hell, Final no, Four can be good. I'd even put the conference tournaments before the Sweet 16. So I, I'm going to go with the first that. four days of the tournament, Thanksgiving, the conference tournaments, Final Four, Sweet 16. Okay. By the way, we're arguing here. We're on the same damn side of this argument, by the way. We're just, we're the same. Yeah, bottom line, the NIT screwing themselves. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and now they, maybe the CBI and the basketball tournament will even be more reason to watch it rather than the NIT. Maybe they'll have to merge and, and figure something out. Oh, no, no, know. don't merge. More the merrier. When you get to Vegas Arena in March, the more games, the better. <laughs> Not wrong on that front. <laughs> All right, let's get back to football. And by the way, there we go. For all college basketball fans, there's our first basketball segment of the year. We're a week away. We're a week away from games that fucking count, man. Bill Richardson, we love you. All right, let's get back to football. Let's get to the Pac-12, where aside from the USC-Cal game, there were a few other games to note. Oregon beats Utah 35-6. to Man, Utah did not show up in this Ooh. one. Yeah, they just looked out, out of their league right out of the gate. Uh, let me tell you something. Oregon's pretty fucking good. They are. They're pretty damn good. Which tells you how good Washington is. Yeah, absolutely. Arizona beat Oregon State 27-24. Arizona might end up being the third-place team in the Pac-12. 
God, you're not wrong on that. Didn't see that coming. You, hey, by the way, do you, do you got anything else on this game? The Arizona-Oregon State? Yes. Uh, no, other than that they now have five wins, and considering they play Colorado, they're going to be bowl eligible. They're going to okay, get a fun I, I team to watch you, in the bowls. Absolutely. I didn't want to scoop your heat. You mentioned UCLA and Colorado here. Uh, UCLA kicks the crap out of Colorado. That was Did great. you see the hilarious Shiloh Sanders targeting play? <laughs> no, no, I did not. I didn't see a second in this game. So the video is hilarious. It's it's one of the funniest videos you will ever see. I need to send you this offline. Shiloh Sanders gets thrown out of the game for targeting. Okay. Oh, that's great. So he'll miss the okay. first half of this game coming up. This is hilarious, but this is the best part. He comes in and leads with the shoulder to the head. It's clear targeting. He makes the hit, stops, does the flex in the pose to the camera side, and as he's flexing and posing, the flag comes right at him and like <laughs> lands right next to his feet. <laughs> That's great. And he and, and he sees it happening, but has to make sure that he finishes his pose or whatnot and all this stuff. And then proceeds to get thrown out of the game. Absolutely hilarious. You have to see the video. It's one of the funniest thing I saw all weekend. Fantastic. Yes, I need to see that. In the Big 12, defending champ Kansas State beats Houston 41-0. I think that teams that didn't have the opportunity to get rid of Kansas State early are going to pay for it late. You're probably right on that. You know, they, they, who did they lose to early in the season? Who was that? I should know because I... Oh, it was Missouri. Because Missouri kicked they, they the long lost field Missouri. goal. Oh, and they lost Oklahoma State on the first week that uh, Ollie Gordon went wild. There you go. There you go. All right. They they The Wildcats do seem to uh, be getting their stuff together here. Yeah, and of course, uh, they've, got Can- they've got Texas this week without Quinn Ewers. Texas survived with Malik Murphy. He wasn't great, but Jonathan Brooks looked good. We do not have a quarterback controversy yet. It may happen this week. And I can't wait, because I really do think that Quinn Ewers has seen his last day in a Texas uniform, one way or another. Mm. In the Big Ten, how many points did Iowa score? None. Did they play? Oh, did they not play? I didn't notice. Oh, okay. Yeah, You, you never know. You never know. So, Can they include any points they scored in practice this week? They might want to start thinking about it. I'm not sure how many they scored in practice. Uh, probably none. <laughs> Penn State did beat Indiana 33-24. Man, that was a lot closer than it should have been. They didn't get the lead until 146 to go, breaking a 24-24 tie against a 31-point underdog. That was atrocious. I don't know what the hell Penn State was doing. That was absolutely atrocious, and they did not deserve to win the game. Absolutely horrible. And Northwestern beat Maryland 33-27, 13 and a half point dog. You called it. Maryland was flat. By the way, if you had parlayed Northwestern and Georgia Tech on the money line, it would have paid 25 to 1. Mmm. Damn. Should have got on that shit. And now Northwestern is only one game out of the lead in the West. <laughs> And they beat Minnesota. Ridiculous. <laughs> Out in the Mountain West, Fresno State knocks off UNLV. Kind of what we figured, but they didn't cover. You did get hooked there. 
Mikey Keene returns, yep. throws four touchdown passes, and once again, Fresno State has survived a quarterback injury and is still charging for a Mountain West title. Seems like they do that every stinking year. My God. Boise at Fresno this coming week. That's going to be a fun game. Because Boise all of a sudden looks good again. Also, like Kansas State, using the two-quarterback scenario, uh, both Madison Maddox, or, yeah, uh, Maddox Madison. My God, Madison Maddox, Max Mag. You got two first names, or you got two last names. I'm not sure which, dude. Yeah. Uh, And Taylor Green were both effective. Wyoming just couldn't get moving. George Holani returns, which ups their running game. Boise State's going to be scary. You got you got Genty in the backfield already. Now you got Halani coming back. I mean, my God, where has that Boise State team been all season? Yeah, and don't tell me just because Halani came back, they're they're all good now. All of a sudden, they're dialed in. I can't get a read on this Boise State team at all. Uh, you know, sometimes buy will do you good. I, I know you yeah, said that fair. there was internal rumors that they'd lost the locker room, but they may have got the locker room together over the bye week. Maybe. In the American, Memphis avoids an upset of North of North Texas, winning 45-42. Joseph Scott's 36-yard pass, 12 seconds left for the victory. That one could have gotten away from them. The North Texas folks down the street, uh, they had the flag out this weekend. It wasn't uh, it wasn't flying Sunday. So. That's too bad. In the MAC, Miami of Ohio beats Ohio 30 to 16. That pretty much puts them in the driver's seat. In the East, however, they've got a couple of big games still. They have to play Buffalo. Buffalo has to play Toledo. Uh, There's a lot of stuff going on still, but right now at least Miami has that tiebreaker over Ohio. Big win for Miami there. In the Sun Belt, Georgia Southern knocks off Georgia State 44-27. That puts them in control of the Sun Belt East as long as Virginia legislators Don't take control of the James Madison scenario. (laughs) Got got to get the legislator involved here. So so freaking stupid. So I I heard what happened there. The Virginia Attorney General wrote to the NCAA. This is how this started. And essentially, you know, laid out a plan as to why James Madison should be bowl eligible. Guess where the Virginia Attorney General graduated from? James Madison. Bingo! <laughs> Madison remains undefeated. They beat Old Dominion 30-27, to but that was, again, a little closer than it should be. Yeah, they uh, played around there, but again, Old Dom's, you know, that's the in-state rivalry there. JMU may, may have, you know, read their own clippings a little too much. They're starting to get some buzz, but, uh, you know, you take the win and get the hell out of there. There are a couple ifs that could allow them to be bowl eligible, not New Year's Day eligible, but bowl eligible. If there are not enough teams that are bowl eligible in the last few years, there haven't. And Madison, and the same goes for Jacksonville State, wins seven games, then they can be considered for a bowl game. So stupid. <laughs> it, it is. It, it, it's it's Crockett Junior Memorial Tag Team Tournament bracketing. Oh, it really is. Oh, it really is. Troy so beat sweet. Texas State 31-13. That keeps Troy in the driver's seat in the West, although they do have a big game this week against South Bama. 
Yes, they do. That's a big one. Battle for the belt. It's the battle for the belt. They don't even have a name for the belt. It's just the belt. The belt. I'm presuming it's the Continental title, but it's, they've just rebranded it. So Robert Fuller will do a run-in then, I assume. Yes, please. Please. Maybe bring Jimmy Golden with him. It'd be fantastic. I always love Fuller and Golden as a tag team. They, they oh, were fantastic. They're tremendous pricks. Yes. Tremendous absolutely. pricks. And, and, and if people think they don't know who Jimmy Golden is, that's Bunkhouse Buck. Yeah, yeah. back when he was a badass. And Coastal Carolina beats Marshall, even without Grayson McCall. Senior Jared Guest throws for 289 yards and three touchdowns on just 14 completions. That was a shit-kicking by the chance there. Good look, and hey, the fun belt remains fun. What a concept. No kidding. Conference USA, Liberty is one step closer. They beat Western Kentucky 42-29. There's no way they're not getting into the title game. It's just a matter now of whether they get in there unbeaten. I think they're going to get in there unbeaten. That closing stretch isn't much for them. No, it's not at all. New Mexico State might be their opponent. They beat Louisiana Tech 27-24. They have to, essentially it's going to come down to New Mexico State at Western Kentucky in a couple of weeks. Yep. And unfortunately, Sam Houston State lost to UTEP. They blew a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, Sam Houston now has been outscored 58-31, to and that doesn't include a 20-7 to margin in overtime. Is it just conditioning? Or are they not quite up to, to FBS? Is that all it is? I... I, I I may be over, oversimplifying it here. It may be too small a sample size. I don't know. But, man, we were talking about on Wednesday, and, and they got the carpet pulled out from under them. I think it has to be conditioning because they should know how to win. They were a fantastic FCS team. Yeah. So it, it's not like these kids haven't been winners before. I, I'm, I'm shocked that they couldn't win at home against UTEP, especially with a 14-point lead in the final quarter. Yeah, they have been competitive. It's just, it, They're just not quite there. It'll happen for them soon enough. Well, since we are in the last week of October, let's run through our NCAA leaders very quickly here. Do you want to take a shot at who your passing leader is? It should not come as a surprise. Is it Penix? It is Michael Penix now. Okay. Shador Sanders is third. And by the way, the, quote, favorite for the Heisman Trophy winner, is 45th in yards thrown. Oh, um, 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 Mr. McCarthy. From Michigan. Yeah. McCarthy, yeah. I was about to say McNamara. I was like, no, that's the old guy. I can't remember the. <laughs> no, no. McNamara, McNamara's the poor guy at Iowa who. Who's on the shelf. Yeah, who, yeah. who thankfully is on this shelf because I don't think he'd be honest to be playing on this team right now. God, you ain't lying. If I tell you Kamani Vidal is not the rushing leader anymore, do you know who is? Is it the kid from Oklahoma State? It is. Okay. He put up 280 yards again this week. And Damn. he now has 1,087 yards. He's 27 yards ahead of Marcus Carroll of Georgia State. Tremendous. On 58 less carries. Nice. He's averaging 7.7 yards a touch. Damn. Give him the ball. And in receiving, it's still Malik Neighbors of LSU. He has 981 yards. He'll break 1,000 against against Alabama. Yeah, he, he should anyway. He better break 1,100. 
<laughs> we can all hope. So let's get to that schedule because it's going to be a good one this week. It starts out on Tuesday with the Mac now. It's Maction time. At 4 p.m. Vegas time, North Northern Illinois at Central Michigan on the U. At 4.30, Buffalo at Toledo on the Deuce. Buffalo really needs to win this game. If they don't, they have to beat both Ohio and Miami of Ohio. If they can win this game, they probably only have to beat Miami of Ohio. Toledo, 15 and a half point favorite in that one. Yeah, it's not looking good for Buffalo. But, you know, hey, no. you got to give them a shot. On Wednesday at 4 p.m., you got Ball State at Bowling Green on the Deuce. And one of the best games of the year, 4.30 Vegas time. Can't miss it on the U, Kent State at Akron. <laughs> Loser becomes the worst team in FBS. Guarantee it. UMass will leapfrog them. Totals 39.5, Akron favored by four. My God. I'm probably, in fact, I'll make it official since this is a Wednesday game. I'm taking the under on Kent State and Akron. Under 39. Brutal. On Thursday, 4 p.m., you got TCU at Texas Tech on Fox Sports 1. But the best game of the night, 4.30 on the Deuce, South Bama at Troy. Same time on ESPN, Wake Forest at Duke. South Bama at Troy. The belt's on the line. Someone's getting the strap. Just the belt. Not even the Western the States Heritage Belt or the United States Heavyweight <laughs> Belt or the Georgia State Junior Heavyweight title that Mike Jackson still holds, I believe. It's just <laughs> the belt. Not the national title. No, it's just, yeah. I always loved it that the national television title was a belt in Georgia championship wrestling. How exactly God, does the- Georgia championship wrestling have a national title that's only for tv purposes in georgia yeah i have no idea i have no idea how that works those old territory titles but you dive into some of that shit it gets crazy man but mid-south used to have both the mississippi and the alabama state titles that, that often got defended outside of those states that's fantastic on friday 4 30 on the deuce boston college at syracuse at 5 on CBS Sports, Colorado State at Wyoming. Maybe Wyoming can rebound after getting just handled up in the up on the blue turf. My God. And on Saturday, we have good games at 9 a.m. Good games all day long, frankly. Kansas State at Texas on Fox. Nebraska at Michigan State on Fox Sports. Come on! That's a big game. And Notre Dame at Clemson on ABC. Notre Dame, only a three-point favorite on the road here. I don't That's know if shocking. they're thinking Clemson's going to rally the troops or or what it is. I, I I don't know. You know, you can look at you know, you can go back and look at Clemson and say, oh well, we were only a few plays away from you know from, from you know from, from doing this. I I don't know. They went to overtime with Florida State. They went to overtime with Miami. A whole lot of bad stuff happened to them when they lost to Duke. But man, they lost to NC State last week. Come on. Yeah, I don't think Clemson's any good, but I also think people will bet on them regardless, and I think that's why it's this low. Well, if that line stays at that, we're, we, you've got to play for uh, for Wednesday's show, that's for sure. Well, if that's the case, then it's going to be a mortgage play. Do you see what Notre Dame did to Pitt? I told you it was going to be name your score. Oh, My and God. it was. Yeah. Jesus. 
also on the ACC Network, can North Carolina defeat Campbell? I'm not watching that. <laughs> I'm not watching it. There's, there's other good games. There's actual games on that matter, and they matter because the teams that are playing them didn't lose as a double-digit favorite two weeks in a goddamn row. At 11.30 a.m. Vegas time on CBS Sports, Army and Air Force. If, if Air Force wins, do, or does Air Force already have the Commanders-in-Chief? Yep, because they've already beat Navy. So so even if they lost this, they'd still have the tie, I guess. They uh, well, let, let's see. Um, no, if because they if, win, if, it's if, over. I know that. Yeah, no, because if Army wins and then beats Navy, Army gets the title. Then, oh, Army would have this. That's right. You're, you're right by that. I forgot that. At 12.30 on CBS, Missouri at Georgia, on ABC, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and on Fox, Penn State, Maryland. And we've been talking about Penn State, Maryland for the last couple weeks. To me, it doesn't matter that Maryland just lost Northwestern. I think they can take out Penn State. I think Maryland's going to be up for this. They're going to be fired up after laying an egg against Northwestern. We'll see what happens. But it's still not it's still not busting the the, the split screen for me. It's going to be Missouri, George, and Bedlam on my television at that time. Well, you might as well just leave it on the ACC network because after that grand and glorious North Carolina game, you got Virginia Tech and Louisville, which is now the biggest game in the ACC this week. My God, what are we doing here, people? And by the way, the mothership has given proper credence to James Madison. Madison at Georgia State on the deuce. Excellent. Good to see JMU getting getting a little shine there. I mean, they'll have to compete. You know, over on Peacock, Iowa Northwestern. Oh dear you know, God! That big showdown's going on. At least they've relegated that to Peacock. God, you notice who they aren't pay? putting who, that I on. I want to know ABC. who would pay. How many new subscriptions they get this week to watch that football game? How many new subscriptions for Peacock are they getting for that game this week? You know, there's a hole in NBC's coverage. I wonder what is on NBC at 12:30 Vegas time on Saturday. It ain't Notre Dame. We know that much. My God, we'll have to look that up. National Cornhole Championships. I don't know. Jesus. At 2.30, by the way, you might want to try and find the Pac-12 network because Cal is at Oregon. I don't believe Cal is going to score 49 points this week. I, highly unlikely. At 3, you got Louisiana Tech at Liberty. Let's see if, the, if Liberty can keep its unbeaten streak alive. That's on CBS Sports. And then you got some channel flipping here going on at 4 p.m. Because of possibly the seventh game of the World Series, BYU and West Virginia are on Fox. Utah State and San Diego State are on Fox Sports 1. Both may drop down a network to Fox Sports 1 yep. and Fox Sports 2 if the World Series is going to be on Fox. Yep. By the way, as we speak, Arizona, Texas tied 1-1. to I was impressed that Arizona came back and put a whooping on Texas after what happened in game one. I do worry they might be in Seawall's head after the ninth inning implosion in game one. That was a emphatic home run that Seager put into the right field seats. And then it was hilarious. You know, he, he plunks Garcia. And I know I'm not the only one that said it, but it was like, okay, if Garcia gets back up, he he's going to end the game. And sure enough, he did. Yeah. It was hilarious. Can Seawall be effective the rest of the series is is something I'm 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 curious about. We'll see what happens. 
Meanwhile, back to football at 4.30 Vegas time on ABC, Washington at USC, and at 4.45 on CBS, LSU, Alabama. Not quite the big showdown that it usually seems to be, but that's still a massive game in the SEC. Oh, it is, because if LSU wins this game, all of a sudden, the SEC West is in chaos. Yes. At 5 p.m. on the ACC Network. I See, I don't know why you just don't keep the ACC Network on all day. Miami at NC State. I ain't watching no damn woofies when all this other shit's on, all right? <laughs> and then the late oh night God. set is really good. At 7, Oregon State at Colorado on ESPN. Boise at Fresno on CBS Sports. And then half an hour later, UCLA at Arizona on Fox Sports 1. That's a good trio of late games. It's always going to be fun to watch Colorado get their asses kicked at home by Oregon State. Because <laughs> once again, they're playing probably the second best defense they've faced all year. And you see how well they did against UCLA. I could not, I, while, while we were talking about the uh, teams here, I looked for the, for the Shiloh video. I cannot find the one that has the angle where the flag, you have to see it with the flag. And I can't find the one with the flag. And Does I, it like hit him right in the face of the chest or something? No, no, no. It doesn't. Hit, it doesn't hit him, but it lands like right next to his feet. But I can't find the angle because there's it, there's literally a, 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 a it's slow mo where he is he is posing in slow mo and and you see the flag come in in slow mo <laughs> and great. land like two like two feet to his left. It's hilarious. I can't find it online. Oh man, go look for it. All right, well, I will do that, and at the same time, we'll get out of here so that we can come back on Wednesday and give you some guaranteed winners on college football plays. Oh, man, what a week. I'm, I was fired up. Good grief, man. I've, I've worked myself into a shoot on this one. Oh, well, that's right, and I've got the clothes for you here. Oh, that's, let's hear it. I've got nothing for it, man. So, for Michael Watson, Donald Trump, Buzz Sawyer, and everybody else who hates Atlanta. <laughs> this is the best producer in the business, Alan Caps. Oh, man. And we'll be back Wednesday to make some plays, make some money, and God knows what else right here on 60 Year Seniors. Nothing good happens in Atlanta.